All right, take your Bibles, if you will, please, and you can go ahead and open up or turn to the back of, of your uh, sermon notes here. Philippians chapter 4, that's our memory verse, that's our meditation verse, that's what we've been working on this week as we have been studying together. Our one biblical theme that we study all week long together this week has been joy. Wow, what a, what a subject to preach on, uh, what a uh, topic to think about. What a topic to study about as we go through life. And as Brother Darrell said, sometimes this can be uh, some of the most, one of the most difficult things to do in our life is to rejoice through any circumstance, whatever's going on in your life, to get to the place where you can rejoice and experience the joy of the Lord. Our memory verse this week is Philippians 4 4. Let's recite this verse together. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord. Always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let's say that again. Rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. Now I want you to understand that this is a command from the Lord to every single one of us that we are to rejoice. And when are we to rejoice? The Bible says that we are to rejoice always. Always. No matter what's going on in our life, we're to get to the place in our life where we can rejoice. Now this week we have studied four or five different uh, topics as we've gone through our devotions each week. And by the way, if you do not have literature, I think we've got more, but we've got more brand new coming in. Uh, So maybe we're out for this quarter, but our new quarter is starting up the first Sunday of December. uh, So we'll have more. So be sure you get that because there's devotional material for every day of the week as you come in and prepare yourself uh, to be here on Sunday morning as we study together. But this week we've looked into the passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 4, and we've seen where Paul has commanded us, and the Word of God has commanded us, that we are to rejoice because it's God's command. Secondly, we are to rejoice with a transformed attitude in verses 6 through 9. We are to rejoice regardless of the circumstances in verse 10 through 14. We are to rejoice in the rewards of helping others in verses 15 through 17. And then we are to rejoice as we give to help others, trusting God that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. So here once again, we see that it's a command that we rejoice. It's a command that we draw our strength from the Lord and rejoice in whatever circumstance we may find ourselves in. Now, question. How many find that difficult to do from time to time? And I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I mean, there's situations that that you find yourself in in life where it's difficult to just muster up the strength that you need to rejoice. Matter of fact, there's times in my life when I look around, I'm thinking, who in the world stole my joy? You been there? I mean, you just find yourself, why am I like this? Well, today I want to share with you some, what we're going to call joy stealers. Things that steal and rob you of your joy. And that's what I want to try to unpack for you. And I want you to realize that this is a command from God. That we are to rejoice in the Lord always. As a matter of fact, I remember, go back in the book of Nehemiah, you don't have to turn there. But back in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 10, it says that the joy of the Lord... It's our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. 
And we are to be rejoicing all the time. Well, today I want to try to unpack for you about five, and there's probably many more, but I want to share with you about five different things that steal us, or steal from us, and rob from us the joy that we're to have in our life on a daily basis. Before I do, let's pray. Father, Lord, we just give this time to you. And we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that you've given us just to assemble in this school gym today. And God, there are circumstances going on in every single one of our lives that we could probably justify on why we are not rejoicing today. But God, there's a command in your word that we're to rejoice. And God, I believe that you'll never command us to do anything that we cannot will to do. And we can choose to rejoice and experience joy if we want to. But there are some things that we've got to understand about rejoicing. And I pray you'd open up our hearts and our minds and our ears today and help us to be aware of those things that creep into our life and rob us of our joy. May we all be able to leave here today rejoicing in the Lord. For that's where we get our strength. And God, if there's one here today that does not know you and the free pardon of sin, they've never established and began a relationship with you. I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them. That they'd receive you as their personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Joy stealer number one. Write this down if you will, please. You can just write down one word if you want. Just write down the word circumstances. Do you realize that there are circumstances that come into our life that will rob us of our joy if we allow it? Now, I'll put on the screen for you, and you may want to continue writing. You may want to write down circumstances that are created by adversaries, by those people that sometimes are out to do harm towards us. But I've just found just circumstances in and of themselves. Whether it's someone that's intending to do harm or, or, or just a situation that we may find ourselves in. Circumstances many times can rob us of our joy. Let's look in the Word of God in the book of Philippians, chapter number 1, and look in verse number 7. And there you'll find the circumstance that the Apostle Paul found himself in. The Bible says in verse 7, It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because I have you in my heart, and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my, what's the next word? Imprisonment and in the defense and the establishment of the gospel. Here Paul is revealing to us what his circumstances are. He is in prison. I mean, he's been on a journey defending the gospel, trying to establish the gospel. And because he's been doing what God has called him to do, the end result was he's in prison. He's in a Roman prison. Attached to a Roman guard, cold, wet dungeon that he finds himself in, and he's in prison. But here he's teaching us, matter of fact, the entire theme for the whole book of Philippians is joy. It's to rejoice. It's to have joy in your heart. Now, Paul, you're in prison. You are in prison for doing what God has called you to do. But Paul is still experiencing joy. Circumstances that we find ourselves in in life 
many times, if we do not have the correct perspective, can rob us and steal from us the joy that God wants us to experience. So, Paul, how did you remain joyful? Paul, how did you continue to have joy? The word you need to write, write down there is perspective. You see, the Apostle Paul had the correct biblical perspective whenever he looked at his life. Look, if you will, in verse number 12 of chapter 1, the book of Philippians. Paul says, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has actually resulted in the advancement of the gospel. Do you hear what Paul is saying? He's saying, guys, I want you to understand something. The reason I'm in jail today, the reason I am in prison today... The reason I have been ridiculed, the reason I have been mocked, the reason I have been stoned and left for dead, the reason I have suffered all these things is for the advancement of the gospel. And then he goes on and writes this beautiful letter in the book of Philippians about rejoicing in any situation that you find yourself in, that we are to rejoice. Now, how did Paul continue to have a heart filled with joy and be joyful in the midst of some horrible circumstances. He had a correct perspective. He looked at things through an eternal perspective. And guys, you know what? Ladies and gentlemen, many of us a lot of times will lose our joy when things do not go the way that we thought they should have gone. When life does not turn out the way that we had planned for it to turn out, when we find ourselves in some difficult circumstances, the first thing many of us do, we allow those circumstances, circumstances to rob us of our joy. That's a joy stealer. But Paul had a biblical perspective when he looked at things. And he looked around, he saw himself in prison, and he said, I am here because of the furtherance of the gospel. This is all part of God's plan. Some of the greatest letters that the Apostle Paul wrote, he wrote while he was in prison. And I can't help but wonder, would he have written those letters? Would he have given us such wonderful biblical doctrine had it not been for some of the difficulties that he found himself in, some of the circumstances that he found himself in? He was certainly a great role model for every one of us, if nothing else. Would you agree? I mean, here he is in prison, but he's writing about being joyful. How can he do that? He's got a biblical perspective on life. And guys, ladies, gentlemen, if we're not careful, we will allow our earthly, worldly, carnal, natural perspective in our circumstances rob us of our joy. But Paul had an eternal perspective. You know, this week... As I was anticipating the news about my grandmother, and I'd been on the phone with my dad, and I knew it was coming. And I'm all going into this week, I'm thinking, here we go, here we go, here we go. And I'm going to have to get up and preach on Sunday morning about joy when I just received the news yesterday that my grandmother passed away. But you know what? I thought, I can do that. How can I do that? I can do that because I know she's with the Lord. I know there's a a biblical perspective in looking at things that God is working out His plan. And then they call me and ask me to preach her funeral on Thursday. Now, I'll be honest with you. That's going to be tough for me to stand over my grandmother and preach her funeral down in North Carolina. But you know what? I've got joy in my heart this morning 
Someone came up to me earlier and said, Pastor, you're looking pretty good. You're doing all right. Are you okay? I said, yeah, I am. And they said, well, I can tell you're doing all right. And you know I am. And the reason I am is because I know God's in control. I know, I know where my grandma is. I know she's up there with my grandpa. And she's up there with my, my Aunt Thelma. And she's up there with, with, with Sissy. And that's, that's my cousin. That's one of her granddaughters. And, and they're, I know things are well. You see, that's how we can have joy if we will look at the circumstances that we find ourselves in with a biblical perspective. Because every circumstance that you find yourself in is not going to be easy circumstances. It's not going to be sometimes where you can experience or, or want to experience joy. But if you look at it through biblical eyes, you can find the joy of the Lord there. So circumstances, if we're not careful, will rob us of our joy. Number two, jot this one down. Pride. Pride. Pride will rob us of our joy if we are not careful. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 4, turn in your Bibles there if you will please. This is a wonderful verse of Scripture. And oh, how much, how much better off the church as a whole would be if the church lived in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 4. The Bible says, Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Wow! What if we lived in that verse? What if we came to God's house? What if we lived our life not necessarily looking out for the interest of ourselves, but looking out for the interests of others? And Paul is saying that's how we're to live our life. Others first, me second, or even last. Why? Because life's not about me. Hello? It's not about me. Matter of fact, the little acronym for joy, you know what it is? It's Jesus, others, yourself. Boy, if we could get a hold of that, we'd learn how to experience joy. Jesus, others, and then yourself. But pride will ooze up. Matter of fact, if we're not careful, we will find that we are our own biggest enemies. Somehow we think we deserve better than what we're getting. And if we go through life thinking that we deserve better, we will wind up bitter. Did you get that? Somebody needs to get a hold of that. If we go through life thinking that we deserve better than what we're getting, we will wind up a bitter person. Why? Because pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. And pride will rob us of our joy. Well, how did Paul remain joyful? Well, write down the word, if you will, humility. Paul remained humble. He just remained humble. You see, he didn't expect anything. He was looking after the best interests of other people more than he was himself. I mean, him being in prison really didn't bother him because he was using all of his circumstances and everything that he was doing to further the gospel so people's lives could be changed. I mean, he was doing what he was doing, not only for the Lord, but for other lives that he can make an impact on. You see, he put other people before himself. Look what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12. The Scripture says, So then, my dear friends... Just as you have, have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence. Get this part. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What is Paul saying when he says work out your own salvation? Now, here's what he is not saying. He is not saying work for your salvation. You understand that? That's not what he's saying. He's not saying work for your salvation. He's saying work out your salvation. What does that mean? It simply means the way you live your life. 
Live your life in fear and trembling. Paul, what are you talking about? Paul would say, I'm talking about live your life in reverence and awe of who God is. And realize that anything besides hell is a benefit. Hello? We all deserve... People don't want to hear this on Sunday morning, but, but we all deserve hell. Hello? Are you with me this morning? That's what we all deserve. Why? Because of our sinful nature. But because of Christ Jesus taking on our sin debt on the cross, now anything that we get besides hell is a blessing. So we should not walk around with with an arrogant, proud spirit thinking that we deserve more and more and more. Because if you think you deserve better, you will wind up bitter and it will rob you of your joy. Somebody needs to live in that right there. Hello? I mean, that's good stuff. If we go in our life thinking that we deserve better than what we're getting, we're going to wind up bitter. And that attitude of thinking that I deserve better is an attitude of pride. And pride will rob you of your joy. Paul said, hey, I'm just living my life in fear and trembling and reverence and awe of who he is, and I just want to please him. I mean, he was walking around as a humble man. Humility will help you have joy in life. Joy stealer number three, jot this one down. And all these we find out of the book of Philippians. Joy stealer number three is religion. Religion. Religion will rob you of your joy. Oh, get a hold of this one. You may think, well, what are we doing here this morning? This is religious stuff. Well, I hope and pray it isn't. Because I personally am not into religion. I'm into relationships. Hello? Look what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, in verses 2 through 3. He's given us a warning. He's telling us to take heed. And he says, watch out for dogs. Whoa. Paul, what are you talking? Well, once again, let me tell you what he's not talking about. He's not talking about German shepherds. He's not talking about bulldogs. He's not talking about miniature schnauzers like what we have at our house. Okay, that's not what he's talking about. Although, you may need to watch out for those from time to time. Especially my stupid dog. If you ever come to my house and ring the doorbell, that thing's going to go crazy. And and I've kicked it. I've scolded it. I've shot it with water pistols. I've done everything I know to do to make that. And some some folks aren't going to like that. I tried to discipline this dog. The only member of my family I can't discipline is our stupid dog. For whatever reason. But that's not what he's talking about. What's he talking about, Paul? Paul, what are you talking about when you say, watch out for dogs? You know what he's talking about? He's talking about those Judaizers. He's talking about those religious Pharisees and Sadducees that were coming right along behind the Apostle Paul when he would plant a church and he would preach the gospel of salvation through faith, by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they would accept, accept Christ and these Gentiles that, that, of course, were not Jew. And by the way, that's all of us. And they were being grafted into the family of God. The Judaizers... The Jewish people would come behind the Apostle Paul and say, Okay, now you've accepted Christ, but now you've got to do this and that and this and that. Obey the law of Moses and, and be, have your male boys circumcised and, and let's do all of this and, and then you'll be part. No, 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 no. Paul is saying, Watch out for dogs, watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who, get this next sentence, those who mutilate the flesh. 
What's he talking about? Those that want to come right behind him and circumcise the males that had accepted Christ. He said, you don't need to do that. It's a new era that we live in. It's a day of grace and salvation. For we are the circumcision, the one who's... Who, who serve by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Guys, ladies, there's, there's a lot of people today that have simply lost their joy and they're in church every single morning. You know why they're in church every single morning? They're fulfilling their religious duties. And if we get stuck in a cycle where we just want to fulfill religious duties then I promise you, you're going to lose your joy. There's no way you can be happy in that. And Paul is saying, watch out for dogs. Watch out for false teachers. Watch out for false prophets. They will rob you of your joy. That's a good question, Paul. How'd you then, in the midst of all of that, how'd you retain your joy? What you need to write down, you probably already know the answer, is relationships. Relationship. Paul, how did you remain joyful? Paul would say, because I didn't experience and get in, involved in religion, I got involved in a relationship. Well, where, can I, where can I go and prove that? Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 10. Paul said, oh, oh, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. The apostle Paul worked on his relationship with Christ. He wanted to have a more intimate relationship with Christ. Paul, how can you experience all the joy in the midst of all your circumstances? He would say, it's because of my relationship with Christ. He is mine and I am His. My sins are gone. They're rolled away. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me of all sin. All that I may know Him and all that I may experience the power of His resurrection. Paul is saying, I want to know Him. I want to have a relationship with Him. And guys, if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, it's going to be difficult for you to experience joy in your life. Because all these religious duties that we think that we're doing are not going to be enough to sustain you and give you the joy. Some of the most miserable people I know in the world are religious people. Hello? Anybody experience that with me? I mean, good night. Here they come with, with all the do's and don'ts and man-made laws and do this and do that. and do. I'm like, holy smoke, where in the world do you see that in Scripture? Most of it you don't. Why is that? Well, they're doing the religious thing. You want me to tell you the difference between religion and relationship with Christ? A religion is what man does to reach up to God. A relationship is what Christ has already done to reach down to man. Hello? And all I'm doing now is receiving Him. And I'm giving Him my life. And I'm allowing Him to be the Lord of my life. And I'm working on my relationship between me and the Lord. How do we do that? Prayer and Bible study and, and, and devotion time and, and, and focusing on God and trying to see God in all things and have an eternal perspective, a biblical worldview. All of that helps work on our relationship. Because religion will rob you of your joy. I hope and pray that you guys are focusing on your relationship. Number four, jot this one down. Here's another joy stealer. And all these we're getting out of the book of Philippians. Joy stealer number four is sin. Now, sin will rob you of your joy, I promise you. If you're dibble-dabbling in sin, 
It's going to rob you of your joy. Look what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 19. Paul is reminding us that their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. They are focused on earthly things. And Paul was writing about a group of people. Actually, he was writing about a group of Christian people that had lost their focus. And he's saying they're focusing on earthly things. They're, they're th- focusing on things that, that the flesh desires. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. We fight a, a spiritual battle in our lives. I mean, you know, in, in all reality, and I, I say this a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, but, but we're spiritual schizophrenics, if you will. I mean, we've, we've, got the, we've got the Holy Spirit that's in us and leading us and guiding us and, and, and trying to influence, influence us to do what's right. And then we get a fiery dart from the devil that, that, and the flesh will rise up and, and it will want to do what is evil and wrong. And matter of fact, Paul wrestled with that. He said, I go to do good. Evil is always present. Guys, it's true in our lives. Sin will rob us of our joy. If we dibble-dabble and play it around with, with the things that the flesh desires, I promise you, it's going to rob you of your joy. Well, Paul, how did you remain joyful? Even in the carnal world that we live in. In the sinful world that we live in. Paul, how did you remain joyful? Now write down this word and I want to explain it. Write down the word rules. Or slash disciplines. Now I'm talking about in your own life. There are some rules or some disciplines that you need to exercise in your life. Now I'm talking about biblical rules. I'm talking about biblical disciplines. I'm not talking about man-made stuff. But I'm talking about some disciplines, some godly disciplines that we need to place in our life so that we will not fall into the sinful nature and the, and the desires of, of the flesh. Look, if you will, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 16. The scripture says, nevertheless, to, to the, the, the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Over in the book of Timothy, you'll find where Paul encouraged Timothy, his young preacher boy, young pastor. He encouraged him to discipline the body, to bring it into subjection, to put some rules and disciplines in so that it does not desire and fall after and pursue the things of the flesh that lead to a sinful life because sin will rob us of our joy. So we need to have some disciplines. Let me say this. Holiness leads to happiness. I'll just tell you that. Holiness leads to happiness. And we all need to put some disciplines in our life, some rules in our life that will help us in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about biblical guidelines for living. And they're all through the Word of God. And that's a whole other message in and of itself. But I just want to entertain the thought that sin will rob our joy from us And that's why we need some disciplines in our life. And number five, and the last one is this. Joy stealer number five is money. Hello, money. Joy stealer number five is money. Paul says in Philippians 4 and 10, he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. Now, the church at Philippi, they were a giving people. As a matter of fact, this letter was written as a thank you letter back to that church for giving and helping the Apostle Paul in his ministry. But guys, do you realize there's some people that make money their God? 
And by the way, money is not evil. Okay? Let me clarify that. And it's not a wicked, sinful thing for you to be wealthy or you to be rich. Hello? Money is not the evil. Do you agree? The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of it. That desire for more and more money. That greedy heart and spirit that will rob you of your joy. Paul, look what Paul did. He stepped out, and by the way, let me give you the answer to the next question. How did Paul remain faith, or joyful? The answer about that is faithful. He was faithful to the Lord. He had faith that God would meet his need. And here's what we find in this passage of Scripture. Where the Philippian church gave to him. And then in chapter 4 and verse number 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable, if there's moral excellence, if there's any praise, dwell on these things. Now, Paul just focused on those things. He didn't focus on money. But they gave to him. He lived a life of faith, trusting in God to meet all of his needs. Guys, that's how we've got to live. If we start focusing on the dollar, if that becomes the, the attention that we're giving in our life is just to make another dollar, then you're going to have a hard time being joyful. Especially right now with the stock market going... <laughs> Many of you have come and told me how much you've lost already in the stock market. Hey, I've got a Roth IRA as well. And it's not doing good. But you know what? That's not the source of my provision. Hello? Now, I love our church. But this church is not the source of my provision. Hello? Your job, where you work, is not the source of your provision. Who's the source? God. All of those things are just instruments that He uses to provide for you. But don't worship your church or don't worship your job or don't worship your career. Worship God. Amen? Live by faith. Whether the stock market's up or down, we should be able to rejoice. Why? Well, it's commanded. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Regardless, have a joyful spirit. Whether you're healthy or whether there's sickness, have joy. Why? We're having an eternal perspective on things. God is in control. He will supply all of our needs according to His riches. We must live a life of faith. If we don't, I promise you, no way in the world you can live a life of joy if you don't walk in faith. Especially in this world we live in today. So what is robbing you of your joy? As we wrap this thing up this morning, what is robbing you of your joy? Is it your circumstances? Are they robbing you of your joy? Is it your pride? Do you think you deserve better than what you're getting? Is it your pride? Could it be you're, you're, you're just being too religious? I mean, and you don't have a relationship? Could it be sin? Maybe there's unconfessed, unrepented sin in your life? And by the way, the Bible also says... For him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, it's sin. So not only is there sins of commission, there's also sins of omission. There's things that we live out, leave out of our life that we should be doing. And if we're not doing it, it's sin. And there's a whole list of biblical things that we should be doing. If we're not doing it, it's sin. That'll rob you of your joy. Is it money? Are you focused on money? Is greed at the heart of 
your soul and spirit, that will rob you of your joy. You've got to learn to live a life of faith, trusting in God. You see, I, I, and there can be many others, but these are about four or five that I decided to share with you today. These are joy stealers. And if we want to live in Philippians 4.4, 4, where Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, then we've got to identify the things that rob us of our joy. And we must be proactive in what we do in our life. We must have a biblical, eternal perspective. We must walk humbly before the Lord. We must have a relationship with Him. We must put some God-given biblical disciplines and rules in our life to keep us from falling into a sinful lifestyle. And then lastly, simply walk by faith. Just trust in the Lord. And He's going to meet all of your needs according to His riches and glory. Guys, I tell you what, if you can start living right there, and I know that's a lot in and of itself, but if you can start living right there, then you'd really start living in Philippians 4.4, where no matter what came your way, you could rejoice in the Lord. He's on the throne. He's in control. He's sovereign. I don't care who the president is. God's in control. And we can live a life of joy. Amen? I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I'm going to ask our leadership family, if they will, to go to the back and to the sides. And they're there to pray with you. Maybe if you have a need this morning, you just need somebody to say, will you pray for me? I'm struggling. You don't have to reveal to these families everything that you're facing. You don't have to confess all your particulars. But sometimes we need somebody just to hold our hand or put their arm around us and pray for us. That's why they're in place for you to do that today if you need that. But maybe you just need to do business with God right where you're sitting. Just right there in your chair. You need to do business with the Lord. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, that's where it begins, guys. And I want to let you know that God loves you. Jesus loves you. He gave His life for you. And all you've got to do is open up your heart and ask Him to come in and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and Enter into that relationship with Him. Maybe you're here and you've already done that, but you look in your own life and there's some areas, there's some things that's robbing you of your joy. Maybe some things that I didn't even mention. The things that are robbing you of your joy. Why don't you give that to the Lord and ask God to help you, help you to be joyful. Maybe you're here and you've got some questions or concerns about our church or Maybe you'd like to be a member of our church. Then I would encourage you to either fill it out on your connection card or or just get up out of your seat and go to the back and one of these families will help you in that area. Whatever your need is today, I invite you to Jesus. I want you to know we love you and we're praying for you. And I want you to be able to walk. Walk in the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is our strength joy of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, God, I thank you for this morning and for this message. God, there are things on this list from time to time that rob me of my joy. And I've got to do a gut check and evaluation of my own life from time to time. And I know we all do. And I pray, dear God, that you would help us to do that inventory today. 
Maybe there's some of us here that are struggling over some of the areas that were mentioned this morning. And it's, the result is we're, we've lost our joy. We're just not happy any longer. God, I pray that you'd restore the joy of the Lord in the lives of your people. Help us, Lord, to take the advice and the counsel of the Apostle Paul and apply it to our life. Have your time and your will and your way during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will, please. The praise team is going to lead us in a song of invitation. You sing along with them. And if you need to do business with the Lord today, then I'm going to invite you to just step out of your seat and go back with these families that are there to pray for you. Or just pray right, right where you're standing. But let's do business with God this morning.